0: Welcome to Every Great Adventure Begins as a Dream, a podcast where I inspire you to get out there and see the world. I'm Donna, a baby boomer and somewhere in the vicinity of being a senior citizen. I spent nearly 20 years as a professional travel counselor helping thousands of people see the world. Prior to that, I was in the U.S. Navy, ultimately attaining the rank of commander. My first duty station was in Neomachry, Greece. Now that was a great adventure. I was truly living the dream. Although I've traveled a lot, there's still a lot of world out there for me to see. Since I'm not getting any younger, I've got to keep going to see as much as I can before I can't. So, let's dream together and plan our next great adventure. For more inspiration, you can follow me on my blog at everygreatadventure.com. Where you can also see my travel photos. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Every Great Adventure. Of course, you can always reach me by email. My address, Donna at EverygreatAdventure.com. Art and I have only taken two European river cruises. This Rhine River cruise was our first, and the second was from Prague to Budapest. I enjoyed them both and would love to take another, but there are other things that are bumping it down the list right now. This Rhine River cruise was our brother's trip for 2012. All four brothers, their wives, and Art's adult daughter joined us. When Art and I are traveling with others, we attempt to be a little more cost conscious. In this case, we went on the first cruise of the season, when the weather is apt to be a little cooler, but the cost of the cruise is lower. One of Art's brothers had recently been widowed, so we juggled the room assignments around a bit so no one had to purchase an entire room for themselves. Art's daughter and I shared a room, and Art and his widow brother shared a room. We knew what cruise we wanted to take long before they became available, so the very first day they were open for booking, we snagged them right away. We booked with Avalon River Cruises, a part of the Globus family of brands, and were very pleased. We made our own flight arrangements for the trip. As we were originating in different cities, we arranged it so we could all meet up at one airport and be together for the intercontinental flight. The closest major airport to Basel was in Zurich. Since none of us had been to either Zurich or Basel before, we decided to stay overnight in each of those locations prior to our cruise departure. We knew Zurich was an expensive city, so we planned accordingly. We were able to use the public transportation system to get everywhere we wanted to go. We had arranged for a private transfer to take us to our hotel. With the larger group, it usually turns out to be less expensive in the long run. We went to the top of Uetliberg Mountain and took a lot of photos on our first day. Please forgive my bad pronunciation. It was nice to get some exercise after our flight. We took a train to the mountain's base and then had a nice 10-15 to minute walk up to the top. From the 2,851-foot peak, we were able to see all of Zurich as well as the Alps. We noticed some interesting light poles in the park. With its exceptionally long neck and legs and lights on top of what appear to be antlers, it looks like a caricature of a moose, maybe. No matter what it's supposed to be, it is amusing. On the train back from the mountain, I tried to rouse the group to get up so we could get off at the next stop. There was some discussion as to whether it was the correct stop. But in my usual bull-headed manner, I said, yes, it was correct. As they didn't think this was the stop to get off, some of the group was slow to respond. Well, the train doors closed with part of our group on the platform and part still in the train. They waved goodbye as the train pulled away. Fortunately, we had our emergency plan already in place. At this time, we still had roaming charges and the like on our cell phones. But we knew we could send text for 25 cents each. So we had agreed that if for any reason we got separated, we would text the others. As the train pulled away, I realized I had made a mistake and had us get off at the wrong station. So we just texted the others to wait for us at the correct station. They got the message with no problem. We were soon all together again. Always have a contingency plan when you're traveling with others. You just never know when something will happen. Currently it's a lot less expensive to use your phone internationally, just make sure you know exactly what the international plan includes and have the service set up prior to your trip. I have to admit, I am so envious of the passenger train system in Europe, it's always so quick and easy to get from place to place by train. Our train trip from Zurich to Basel was about an hour long. While on the train, we were discussing where to get tram passes and a lady who lived in Basel overheard us. She's told us that since we were staying at a hotel there, we were entitled to use the trams for free. She said if anyone stopped us, all we needed to do was show them our hotel reservation and we'd be fine. We took the tram and had no problem finding our hotel, which then issued us our free Basel card. The card allows holders to ride the trams for free during their stay, provides free Wi-Fi at various hot spots, and provides a 50% discount on cultural and leisure activities. Our hotel, the Best Western Stuckey, was a good choice and it still gets good reviews. It's located a little outside of the central area. However, with the tram available nearby, it's easy to get around town. Considering how expensive things can be in Switzerland, this was the bargain of the trip. It was clean, plenty roomy, and had everything we needed. Our trip was the first week of April and we found many of the stores throughout our trip were decorated for spring and Easter. We also came across a beautiful market in the square of Basel. I just love the markets you find in towns throughout Europe. Some are much larger than others, but I always find them eye-catching and simply must take photos, no matter what. You can find locally made cheeses, breads, pastries, produce, and even flowers. Just about anything you might like. If the place you're going has a specialty product, the local markets are always a good place to find it. As we walked down a street, we discovered a group of local musicians dressed in traditional clothing performing for the public. Now that was a treat. Since those of us in the group have different interests, in the afternoon we ended up doing different things. Art and I went to the Toy Museum, which we found quite interesting. They were having a special exhibit on kimonos, which was delightful. The four-story museum has every kind of toy imaginable. It also displays the largest exhibit of teddy bears in the world, including a nice section about steve bears, which I know are quite collectible. The next day we had a nice leisurely morning, and after lunch we headed off for the boat. I had determined where our boat would be docking, so we knew right where to go. We hired a cab to take one of us along with all of our luggage, and the rest of us took advantage of the beautiful weather and walked over to the dock. And there she was, the Avalon Affinity. At 361 feet in length and 69 rooms, she accommodates up to 138 passengers. Our check-in went smoothly, and we were all quickly in our rooms and unpacked, ready for our week's adventure. The boat was only two years old at the time, so it was quite nice. At 172 square feet, our rooms were plenty large enough for two people. Our Rhine River cruise was for seven nights, beginning in Basel and ending in Amsterdam. They still offer this cruise, but there is one small change to the itinerary. The cruise now includes a stop in Breitsche, Germany, the gateway to the Black Forest, and no longer includes Speyer, Germany. As with all river cruises, walking tours are provided in each city. Our guides were always local and very good. They used headsets with microphones, and using our receiver headsets, we could easily hear them talking without having to be all bunched up together. We participated in all the tours, and then often went back out into the towns on our own. As I said earlier, our cruise was the first week of April. The weather could be a bit chilly at times, but when the sun was out, it was absolutely perfect. We had a couple of overcast days, but in general, the weather cooperated for the entire trip. However, we went prepared for cool and wet weather. Our cruise director, Robert, was great. He was so funny. I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but he always had us laughing. He ended all his announcements with a very unusual way of saying thank you, with the emphasis on the U, and he would always raise the note of his voice on the U as well. I ran into someone years later who said they had been on a cruise with Avalon and the cruise director had such an unusual way of saying thank you at the end of his announcements. I just said, thank you, and they laughed and said, that's him. You would often hear people on the ship talking to one another, and it never failed that they would end their conversations with a thank you, just like Robert. The staff was nice and helpful. Anything we needed was quickly taken care of. Since it's a small boat, the staff would have multiple duties. For instance, the bartenders also worked in the dining room. And they like to have a little fun with the passengers about this. My sister-in-law Patrice said to one of the staff in the dining room, Do you work in the bar too? His answer, Oh no, that's my twin brother. Which caused Patrice to pause for a second before she realized he was just pulling her leg. With the boat only being three stories in height, it's quite easy to get anywhere you need to go. For those who need it, there is an elevator on the boat. We spent the majority of our time in the lounge or on the sky deck when we were on the boat. The large reception area worked well for taking care of any other needs we might have had. We only had one issue with the boat. There were only two tables for eight in the dining room, and there were several groups on this particular cruise. We talked to the dining room staff and they said they didn't reserve tables. It was first come, first serve. I think all but one night we managed to snag one of those large tables. The first stop on our Rhine River cruise was Strasbourg, France. Strasbourg has an interesting history and that has been under the control of either Germany or France numerous times over the years. As of 1944 and the end of World War II, the city has remained a part of France. What none of us realized at the time was that Art's father had traced the family history all the way back to the Alsace region in which Strasbourg is located. One of the wives stumbled across the family history records after we returned home. If only we had known! Strasbourg is a delightful city, filled with picturesque, half-timbered houses and canals weaving throughout the city. It's also the home of the European Parliament. Our city tour included a canal boat ride, which was a pleasant way to see some of the city. Its Gothic Cathedral of Our Lady, which dominates the historic city center, is not to be missed. One of the things our guide pointed out was the wrought iron signs. They've been used since the medieval times to identify shops. Some are quite elaborate and others fairly simple. I had never noticed them prior to this trip, but now I was seeing them everywhere. I enjoyed photographing them and it became a quest to find them in each place we visited. The city of Strasbourg proper has about 290,000 residents with about half a million in the metropolitan area. It's large enough to have everything you need, yet small enough to not feel overwhelming. As with many of these old cities, the city center retains the feel of the old world, while the new, modern buildings are located outside. In fact, the historic city center of Strasbourg was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1988. This is absolutely a place we need to return to and stay for a few months, We can soak up the ambiance of this lovely city and perhaps do a little family history research while there. Our next stop was Speyer, Germany. The morning allowed us time to explore the area on our own, and the afternoon offered a tour to nearby Heidelberg. Our family walked over to Speyer's Technic Museum, which was very near the port. It's not every day you walk up to a museum with a Boeing 747 that appears to be taking off right over your head. This museum is filled with all kinds of things. Cars, fire trucks, motorcycles, a carousel, jets, planes, even an old World War II German U-boat. My favorite part was climbing up into that 747 and walking out over the wing. Plexiglass covered a lot of the areas exposing the wiring. There must be miles of it going throughout the aircraft. Avalon's current seven-day Rhine river cruise from Basel to Amsterdam doesn't stop in Speyer. But if they should add it back in, this is a great museum and well worth the price of admission. Unfortunately, my knee was really acting up, so I stayed on the boat and iced it down. The rest of our group did take the tour of Heidelberg, which included the Heidelberg Palace. Our next stop was Mainz, another picturesque German town. As with many of these towns, the large Mainz Cathedral, which has survived fires and wars over the years, dominates. The town was largely destroyed in World War II and has been lovingly restored. There was a market going on in the square when we arrived. Mainz is also the home of a very well done Gutenberg museum with two original Gutenberg Bibles on display. A quick tram ride from the river up a rather steep road brings you into the old town of Rudischein, Germany, our next stop. Although it's certainly walkable, the trams are a big help for those who might have mobility issues. Rüdesheim has probably one of the most unique museums I have ever seen. Siegfried's Mechanical Music Cabinet, a museum of mechanical musical instruments, all the way from a tiny mechanical singing bird to a large cabinet that plays violins. The 45-minute tour shows you mechanical instruments which have been carefully restored to playing condition. The demonstrations were simply amazing. Our city tour included a stop at a local restaurant, Brewer's Rudesheimer Schloss, where we could purchase a snack or a beverage. The specialty of this restaurant was the Rudesheimer coffee. The coffee is very sweet, with the locally produced Asbach brandy added and topped with whipped cream and shaved chocolate. I didn't try it myself, but others said it was quite good. There are specific cups to be used for this coffee, and I did purchase a pair of them. Here it is eight years later, and I still haven't used them. That night, we were able to participate in an optional dinner in Rudersheim. Since it was one of the brothers' birthday, we decided our entire family would attend. There was a large booth in an alcove that accommodated our family just perfectly. The only negative was that it was one very large U-shaped booth. So if anyone needed to get out for any reason, half the table had to get up as well. We were in a very jovial mood that night. Alcoholic beverages may have been consumed at happy hour on the boat, but the funniest thing that happened was when the youngest of the brothers made a request of the band. Upon returning to the table, Ken said that the band agreed to play Que Sera, but it was required that everyone stand up and sing. Of course, we all complied. We stood there, arm in arm, swaying to the music, just singing away. There were other people from the boat who came over to our table and said, What is that you're drinking back there? It sounds as if you're having a really good time. Okay, I admit we can be the obnoxious group that is always laughing. Loudly. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, we have so much fun traveling with the in-laws. People often come up to us and comment about how much fun we seem to be having. Of course, it's obvious the boys are brothers, which also brings comments. Oh yeah, in case you're wondering, there was no requirement to stand up and sing. Ken just made it up. The next morning the crew cast it off and we cruised along the Rhine viewing the beautiful castles. The weather was quite overcast and chilly that day, but we made the best of it. I knew this was a well-known wine region of Germany, but I had no idea there would be so many vineyards along the river. There were trees along the river that were in bloom all around the manicured vineyards. As beautiful as it was, I can only imagine how it would have looked in sunshine. One of the other attractions in this part of the Rhine is the Lorelei. There are several different stories about Lorelei. Let's start with the fact that the Lorelei is actually the name of a large rock along the Rhine River. But legend has it that Lorelei is a siren who sits on the cliffs combing her golden hair, unknowingly distracting the sailors along the Rhine and causing them to crash on the rocks. There's also a statue of Lorelei along the banks of the river. Kind of reminds me of the statue of the Little Mermaid in Copenhagen. We had a t-shirt made for one of our family reunions and decided to bring them with us on this trip. The story behind the t-shirt is that we have an uncommon last name. And although it's not difficult to spell, people always get tripped up by it. Here's how a typical conversation goes. What's your last name? Wickerham is the reply. We pronounce it American style, rather than the British version, which is wickerum. Then we usually get a quizzical look with, what? How do you spell that? We all reply in just the same way, w-i-c-k-e-r-h-a-m. Nine times out of ten, the next words that come out of the person's mouth will be, just like it sounds. This happens to all of us, no matter where we live. The t-shirts we had made have W i h a m on the front and just like it sounds on the back. We all agreed to bring the shirts with us and wear them on the same day. It was so funny. Numerous people came up and asked us what did those shirts mean? In fact, as I was walking down the hallway to my room that afternoon, I heard someone say to the person they were with, I wonder what that shirt means? The other person replied, oh, that's their name and people can never spell it. When they spell it for them, they always say, just like it sounds. I just smiled to myself and went into my room. We decided to wear our t-shirts on the day we visited Koblenz, Germany. Koblenz is another lovely town located at the spot where the Moselle River meets the Rhine. It's also the home of the spitting boy. You heard that right, home of the spitting boy. There's a fountain with a statue of a little boy who spits water out at irregular intervals. If you're standing unawares, you could get a little wet. Naturally, this is one of the things people remember about Koblenz. Another curiosity in Koblenz is the Augenroller, which is found on the clock tower in St. Florence Square. The face below the clock represents a 16th century robber who was sentenced to death for his crimes just prior to his execution, he was reported to have rolled his eyes and stuck out his tongue at the assembled crowd. The eyes move back and forth as the clock ticks, and a red tongue comes out on the hour and half hour. Our walking tour here was very nice. It was a warm, sunny day. There are numerous squares in the town, and the locals were out enjoying the beautiful spring weather. Apparently, ice cream sundaes are a big deal here. We saw people eating some of the biggest sundays I have ever seen. Koblenz is another town that sustained heavy damage during World War II. Interestingly enough, in November of 2011, two live Allied bombs for World War II were discovered in the Rhine River at Koblenz. The unusually low water levels exposed the bombs, which were diffused without incident, in early December of that year. This is something we don't think about here in the U.S., but according to an article by the BBC, about 600 tons of unexploded ordnance is discovered in Germany each year. The Allied forces dropped a lot of bombs on Germany. It's estimated that about 10% of them didn't detonate. Onward we cruise to Cologne, our last stop in Germany. With just over a million residents, this was the largest city we visited in Germany and a grand European city it is. The tallest twin-spired church in the world, the Cologne Cathedral dominates the city skyline and is just as impressive from the inside as it is from the outside. The stained-glass windows are amazing. If I recall correctly, we were told on our tour that despite being struck by 14 bombs during World War II, very little of the stained-glass windows were broken as most had been removed and safely stored away. It's another UNESCO World Heritage Site. Although there were other stops on our tour, the cathedral was the highlight. After our tour was over, we found a nice little cafe in Cologne and had some wonderful pastries. Our final stop was Amsterdam, where we had an overnight stay at the end of our cruise. This allowed us plenty of time to see the things we wanted to see there. I always recommend a canal boat tour of this city. Amsterdam is also a great walking city. However, when you're walking around, watch out for the cyclists. They're everywhere. My favorite art museum, the Rijksmuseum, is located here. This was my third visit. Although it was under major construction at the time, they had all the important works available for viewing. If you like paintings by the Dutch masters, this is your museum. The only glitch we had on this trip was our prearranged transportation didn't show up to take us to the airport. I never did get a good answer as to what happened. Fortunately, we were able to purchase transfers on the boat at the last minute and get on the bus that the cruise line was operating. As the bus drove off, we noticed a van pulling up to the boat. Our guess was that was the one that was supposed to have been there for us an hour earlier. We did make it to the airport on time and our flight home was uneventful. Overall, I was impressed with our first river cruise. I definitely would recommend it to anyone who asks. Although there is some entertainment on board, it's not a big Vegas-style show like you see on the larger cruise ships. Usually it's a quartet of musicians, a vocalist, or a small group of singers. There are some special interest river cruises, and if they happen to be about a topic in which you are interested, I recommend you investigate them. I found the pace to be relaxed on this particular cruise. The included tours are provided by local guides and are not strenuous. Just remember you may have a few issues in some places if accessibility is a concern. It's a great way to see some of the smaller cities of Europe. I highly recommend that if you have friends or family who are interested in a river cruise that you go as a small group. It can be a lot of fun and you can come home with some wonderful memories. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you did, be sure to share it with a friend. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest as Every Great Adventure. Visit my website at everygreatadventure.com where you can sign up for my blog. Until next week, keep dreaming of your next great adventure.